Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava, and today is Wednesday, June first, twenty twenty-two. It's June. It's crazy. It's June, and it really doesn't feel like it. It feels like it weather-wise. It feels like it maybe release-wise. It feels like it business-wise. Things have slowed down, and we're hitting that summer slowdown time that a lot of people talk about. But it doesn't really feel like June because the year has kind of flown by. And it's just thinking about where I was in January and thinking about where I am now, it's kind of a crazy transition. I've transitioned my business a lot more into doing Amazon. I've kind of slowed eBay. I haven't given up on eBay. I don't plan on giving up on eBay. But it's just, it's crazy that it's June already. We're in the sixth month of, sixth month of the year and we're going to be pretty much wrapping up the first half of the year at the end of this month. And it's just, we're going to be halfway through 2022. And it feels like it just started. And that's kind of what happens when, especially when you're going nonstop, I feel like whenever, as you get older and people with kids, people that are in the workforce, they know this better than anybody. As time goes on, things go faster and faster and faster. And it definitely feels like the years go way faster now than they did whenever I was in high school or when I was in middle school. And things seem to drag on all the time. Maybe it was because I didn't enjoy what I was doing very much compared to now, where I enjoy what I'm doing day to day. I'm reselling full time. It's a lot of fun. And it's way more enjoyable than sitting in a class and just kind of letting things drag on and, and waiting for the next test or whatever to come. So that could be part of it. But it is crazy how fast the year has gone. And it really makes you think, what am I doing with this year? And am I accomplishing what I set out to do? And for the most part, I'm really not because initially I had wanted to grow my business. I had set a lofty goal in sales. I'd wanted to double my sales and, and then some from last year, which is kind of difficult to do. And as things kind of played out, I realized that it probably wasn't feasible to do that in the way that I was planning on doing it with eBay and with doing a, a hodgepodge of flips. And so I'm kind of transitioning my business more into an Amazon business and more so doing replenishables. And I think it's a very, very sustainable business model from a comparison to what I was doing before, but it's just going to take a little bit of legwork. And so that's what I've been doing the past few days. I haven't been on the podcast in probably three, four, maybe five days, but I've just been plugging away. And plus my girlfriend was home. So I was hanging out with her. We went to a couple family parties for Memorial Day and there was just a birthday party and stuff like that that we were doing. So like there was a lot of stuff going on. It was a crazy, crazy week, but I had a lot of fun and I feel refreshed and ready to get back at it. So I've been working throughout that week, just not podcasting. And I'm going to recap maybe some of the stuff that we've had going on, recap a couple of the releases that we had today, and then talk a little bit about what I've been working on to improve my Amazon business. But before we get into that, I did want to say real quick, I was looking on eBay at some of my purchase history and I was just talking with a friend on Discord about just some some information with the reselling that we've been doing and he's actually built some YouTube channels and things like that and, and done very, very well with them uh, from a, a growth standpoint. And I was kind of recalling how I started this podcast two years ago now and to think about where I was in 2020 compared to now it's just a dramatic shift. I almost want to go back and listen to some of them just to see what I was saying back then because that was in the heat of maybe the most like golden time to be a reseller, but also a very, very tumultuous time, I think, for a lot of people because they just you didn't really know what was going on. Things were crazy. Things were shut down. It was just a crazy time. 
And so to go back and kind of listen to that, it'll be interesting. I think that maybe I'll do that one day and try and see kind of what my thought process was and compare it to now because I definitely have grown since then. But there's just been it, it was a it was a wild time because there was literally so much that was selling back then. And I mean, you could pick up anything from weights to hair clippers to pools and there's the whole nine yards. And I think I was even afraid to mention any of that on the podcast because I was afraid that maybe somebody would either steal my leads, which I, little did I know that everybody was going after the same thing, or I was afraid that somehow I would get in trouble for it. So either way, it is what it is. That's just something I was thinking about though. And it is crazy how time has gone. And so with that kind of being said, let's get into some of the releases that we had today and, and talk about that a little bit. So this morning we had a Nike shattered backboard Jordan one golf flow. And so that released on the Nike app and it was a clean looking shoe overall. It was a, one of their golfing shoes. So they've been taking a lot of Nike silhouettes, making them into golf shoes. And in particular, this Jordan one is a very classic colorway. The shattered backboards are one of the most iconic Jordan colorways that's come out in probably the past five years. It's a very clean looking shoe, orange, black, and white. And it's a highly sought after shoe design just for the Jordan one highs. And so I expected prices on these to do really well. I'll be honest, I didn't even look at StockX before I went for the release. Would have probably been a smart move. And so it was retailing at about $140 and prices post-release have looked somewhere to be between $160 to $180. And stock was kind of healthy because I hit two pairs of them and they weren't great sizes. I think it had a size 11, a size 14, which are decent, but some of the higher selling sizes on StockX right now are lower kind of smaller sizes. So it's kind of interesting to see that. We'll see how prices play out. I already have a couple pairs of the Golf uh, Jordan 1 Lows because I've been holding those for summer, hoping that maybe as golf season kind of rolls around for a lot of people, uh, somebody wants to buy them. And they're really good colorways, right? We have, I believe I have like a UNC colorway. I think I have a Chicago colorway and now the Shattered Backboard colorway. Those are iconic Jordan 1 colorways in any silhouette. And so I do think that there's an opportunity for them to appreciate, but we will see. I mean, just with the way the economy's been, with the way the shoe market's been, things haven't really been the best. And so I've seen a lot of shoes that I've been holding, hoping for appreciation, kind of either dip or just stay very stagnant. And so that's been something where I kind of have been trying to maybe push away from shoes a little bit more than, than I have been in recent memory because they just haven't been as profitable as they used to be. So that came out today, got two pairs of those. And then there was an Ama Monnier Jordan 2 release that we had. I think that was at 11 o'clock. And I'll be honest, the Jordan 2 colorways that they've been doing in just most kind of collaborations that Jordan's been coming out with haven't been the best. We had a Union collaboration and the colorway was actually decent, but the shoe's just ugly. Nobody wants to wear a Jordan 2. It's an ugly looking shoe. I can't imagine it being a comfortable shoe. And so they really haven't done that well price-wise. And so looking at this Jordan, the Jordan 2 that came out today, it was retailing about $225, plus they were tacking on $25 shipping. Plus, if you live in a state that isn't tax-free for clothing, you're going to be paying an additional tax on that $225. So there's, you actually may be paying tax on the $250 now that I think about it. So there's a lot of cost going into the shoe and prices weren't great. They were right around $300 to $350. And once you're taking out fees, shipping and all that kind of stuff, you're really not profiting that much on a $250 plus pair of shoes. So I didn't end up going after them, which kind of surprised me. But as I looked at it a little bit more today, I realized these probably aren't going to do that well. Jordan 2s don't typically do that well. That was what one of the guys in the group was saying that I'm in, in GFNF. And looking at the Jordan 1 that came out last year, it was a very hyped up shoe, very hyped up colorway, and they've 
done nothing but go down in value since about six months ago. So like there's no real benefit to holding these shoes. So if the prices aren't good now and the very popular iconic Jordan 1 shoe that's the same exact colorway has done nothing but go down in value, what's the Jordan 2 going to do? Nobody wants to wear it. So I ended up not going after those. I feel pretty good about it. I haven't looked at prices yet, so I may have to check those out. But just seeing what prices were going for pre-release, I really wasn't that pumped to go after the shoe. The only shoe that's done really well, actually, is the Jordan 3 from Air, and those have done absolutely phenomenal. Like, I I feel very, very good about that shoe because I've held both the pairs that I got, and they were both phenomenal sizes. And so I'm believing that right now, like, each of those pairs is probably around seven to $800 easy, which has been a huge appreciation. That's probably the best shoe I've ever held. And probably going to offload those here pretty soon just because I, they're at a price point now where I feel it, it's pretty good and there's really not much more they can do. I, I don't think they're going to go up. I don't think they're going to continue to appreciate like an off-white or like a union collab. They're just kind of, I think, in my opinion, at their peak. And so I'll probably end up selling those here relatively soon. So anyway, didn't go after those. And that was really the two big releases that we had today. Other than that, it's been slow for Amazon for me. I did send in an FBA shipment two weeks ago and it finally got fulfilled. Like all of the order or all of the items finally landed in their fulfillment centers as of like Thursday of last week. So I think that kind of took a while for them to get to all the fulfillment centers they needed to go to. I've made some sales, but things have just been slow the past few days. I think that some of my items are outside the buy box price, which is fine. I can adjust those, but I kind of want to see whether or not it's pricing or whether or not it's the item itself or whether or not the item just doesn't sell that fast because I did kind of vary around in some of the items that I was buying. Some of them looked like they were fast sellers. Some of them looked like they only sell a few months, which is fine. If there's not too many people on the listing, it only sells a few a month and I maybe send in one or two just to do it as a test to see if maybe Keepa either was off a little bit and maybe it sells a bit more or maybe just for some reason it's, it's a hot item in that moment. I, I tried to kind of capture that a little bit and send those in. Unfortunately, I haven't made any sales yet, so it's leading me to think that maybe some of those slower selling items and ASINs will probably be slow sellers, and maybe I shouldn't buy them again. And if I want to, I can just drop the price out, kind of break even, or get to a slight loss on those, and then get my money back and kind of re-roll it into new items, try new replenishables, and you know, kind of take the learned things that I've taken from that first shipment, how to send in a shipment, how to do FN SKUs, how to look for new items, which items tend to do better or worse. And I've actually found a couple items that seem replenishable out of that anyways, that I've reordered again to send in because they sold immediately as soon as they hit the warehouse. So uh, it's a success from that standpoint, but I would like to get more items that are in there selling. And I'd like to grow my list of, of replenishable SKUs to list on Amazon because I do believe that that's a very viable way to sell. So that's what I've been doing. I, I studied a little bit today, just doing some research, looking for new inventory, that kind of thing. Didn't find a whole lot, uh, just going through some of the photos that I have. I went through Walmart a few weeks ago and took a lot of photos of just the shelves. And I've been going through product by product, brand by brand, and just looking at different items, seeing which ones are selling well, seeing if there's any bundles or packs or variety packs or anything like that that I could sell. And it wasn't too great today. I wasn't in that great of a category for the aisle that I was looking through. So it is what it is from, from that. But outside of, of that, I did a little bit of work with just trying to get my systems put in place for when I do begin to find items. Because that's just a matter of time. That's just a matter of kind of acquiring the skill set and the eye and kind of the mindset of finding items for Amazon, which I haven't done before. But the systems are the first thing that'll be an issue for me if I don't have them in place for whenever I do start to find a lot of inventory. So I did spend a lot of time this weekend just putting together a, a Airtable 
database so that whenever I log my items, it pulls up all the information, it shows all the prices and stuff. And I've had one that I've been using before, but I really put a lot more work into making it robust, making it able to be scalable and putting a lot more thought into how would I make this usable for an Amazon business if I really wanted to take items, put them in here and then track inventory and, and do all that kind of stuff. So. I could really, if I wanted to build that out into a full inventory tracking system, which I think I may end up doing using Airtable, Amazon Seller Central, and a program called Zapier. But it's just right now, I'm still trying to get my feet wet, trying to make sure that I have, I don't want to build out a whole database system in Airtable and then find out that it's not really that useful. So kind of taking it step by step, implementing what I need as I need it. And then once I kind of get a really good system in place, I'll go from there and, and kind of scale it out, make it even more robust than it is right now and kind of keep playing with it till it's where I, I need it to be to build a, a very successful business on Amazon. And so I did that and then I ordered some items to do FBA shipments. So I am out of poly bags. I have some left, but it's not enough to do my next shipment. So I got a bunch of those ordered. Those should be here tomorrow. And then I also created an FBA label, which has been good. That's something that'll be super helpful for me to some of the items like they'll change packaging over time if you're doing a replenishable it's the same item but maybe they update the packaging so i wanted to create a sticker to put on the the actual bag or the poly bag that says hey this is an updated package the item is the same but the packaging's new a lot of people do that where they'll send in items that are new packaging but they don't indicate it in any way shape or form and so i was watching an amazon seller who said hey every time i send in an item that they've updated the package on but it's the same item uh both from like a usability standpoint and from the ingredients or whatever they're doing I make sure I put a label on it that says, hey, packaging's been updated, it's a new look, because they usually do that anyways on the packaging, but if they don't, if they don't indicate, hey, this is a new look packaging, or maybe it's been out for a while, so they no longer put that on the actual uh, package itself, you can put on your poly bag, hey, this is a new package, it's the same item you've been getting, but it's a new look from the packaging standpoint. And I actually have that on the on the the barcode thing that I'm putting on there, or I guess it's just a label that I put on there. So there's multiple labels you can put on a poly bag. I put that on there. If it's a set, I have stickers that say, hey, this is a set, do not separate. And then obviously I put my FN SKU either on the poly bag itself or on the items themselves inside the poly bag, depending on whether or not it just makes sense to do so. So anyway, that's what I've been working on today. Not a whole ton crazy, just working through finding items and then I did a lot of research this morning I was going through different strategies to find items different keep a strategies to do and use the product finder on there there was some good information that I was looking at online and just how to use that to find new replenishables and new items to sell on Amazon so just working my way through trying to make sure that I can understand as much as I can because by the end of the summer I don't want to be I don't necessarily think I can be like an expert of experts on Amazon, but I do want to be at an expert level of understanding Amazon, understanding what I need to send in, understanding my inventory, understanding the platform, what works, what doesn't work, what they accept as a, a good seller conduct, what goes against their policy as bad seller conduct, like all of that stuff, I want to understand. And I want to understand it at a high level because once that kind of hits and Q4 starts coming around, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of hectic kind of stuff going on. I, I provide information for GFNF, so I'm going to be doing that for them. And that always ramps up for Q4. I mean, you can turn your eyes in any Target or Walmart and go through the toy section and probably find like 10 to 20 different profitable toys per aisle. It's, it's crazy. So I'm going to be doing that a lot more. There's going to be a lot more work for some retail arbitrage stuff that I'll no doubt keep doing during Q4. And then I want to have a much more 
uh, kind of robust Amazon business that's going to be running a little bit more smoothly than it is right now. So putting in a lot of work this summer, really trying to grind it out and make sure that my business is ready to go on Amazon come Q4 because I may not have nearly as much time as I do now to devote to learning. So trying to learn as much as I can over the summer, really make it like the Amazon summer of 2022 is kind of what I'll call it and really try and take in as much information as I can so that when fall comes around, and, and plus fall is like the best time of year for me. I love fall. I love football. I love being able to go do like just fall stuff. And it, there's going to be a lot of family home. My girlfriend will be home then. So it'll just be, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on in the fall this year. In addition to Q4, that'll probably take me away from being able to do as much research as I can right now where I'm home this summer. My girlfriend's not home still. So I can kind of, I have a lot more free time to do work and I'm going to be doing a lot more research and stuff throughout the summer, trying to prep up so that I am as well learned as I can be on Amazon come fall, come Q4 and all the kind of stuff that'll happen then. So anyway, that's what my plan is. And I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'll let you guys get back to whatever you're doing tonight. You guys have a great rest of your Wednesday and I will talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.